My name is Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. Today is July 17th. This is the Energy News Beat Daily Stand-Up. Michael's on assignment, so you get stuck with me today. We're going to have a fantastic talk, and uh, we would also like to just keep thanking all of our listeners and all of our subscribers and all of the feedback that we're getting around the world. Thank you so much. We want to answer all of your questions. Please contact us on the website, energynewsbeat.com, or send us a question at questions at energynewsbeat.com. Thanks. And uh, here we go with the stories. We've got some kind of a little different story set up here. We've got U.S. Energy. Texas must upgrade the grid in order to support renewables. But I'm going to give you also a little insight on what I expect also from storage. So I'm going to talk about that in the story as well, too. We have Saudi Arabia. It leads in new gas-fired power plants as Mitsubishi power plant expands into the Middle East. This is pretty cool. I think that, again, I keep saying it, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia has first, Saudi Arabia has got oil and gas policies, and then they got renewable policies. They're doing all the above. I kind of like that. Let's go to the IMF at allowing, hints at allowing countries to use Chinese yuan for debt repayment. This article has a lot of underlying tones to it, so uh, I'll be glad to go over that in just a little bit. This one tags into that, and that is developing nations need 1.7 trillion clean energy investment. I think I talked about some of this last week. We're going to cover some of my opinions on that one as well, too, and the news on that. Now, Philippines uh, has a mixed reaction to China's $14 billion for clean energy. That folds in into all of those other stories. So all of these are on the Energy News Beat website. Stop by and take a look. Let's stop at Texas first. Coming around the corner, uh, I'm sitting here in Dallas and I've been in West Texas for the last four months. But uh, as we take a look at Texas must upgrade its energy grid to accommodate the new renewable power. Some interesting stats on this. We know that ERCOT is the grid manager for Texas. Texas is the number one in uh, wind energy and second in solar. Wind energy alone produces 21% of all electricity in the state, according to the uh, American Clean Power Association. This is pretty darn good. Here's where we're still under threats in Texas for the potential of rolling blackout. Rolling blackouts are because the amount of stress that renewables put on the grid. Just a few months ago, or I believe it was two months ago, uh, the Texas legislator, they have approved for more natural gas plants. That seems to me a very good standby power. However, they're also looking at adding in a bunch of storage. Adding in storage brings up a couple hot points on me. So without expanding ERCOT's electrical transmission network and storage capacity, congestion and curtailments will rise, said the IEA. The strong projected growth in renewable energy in ERCOT over the next decade could be constrained by transmission capacity. I believe it was around 3 billion, 3.5 billion is what it took to 
get the transmission lines from uh, West Texas where all the wind farms uh, are coming across. That was just for cost to get into the transmission lines to the Dallas area as well. So let's take a look at my expectations. One of my biggest hot buttons for storage. How much does it cost? But the single most important thing to me is renewable batteries. Not many of them out there have been able to answer that. In fact, I've only found one battery company, one uh, storage battery company that has been able to answer that. And that's Fry Battery out of Norway. Fry Battery is awarded a hundred million EU innovative fund grant. I get to have a interview. I interview uh, Jeremy on a Friday, and I've interviewed Tom before. Their uh, CEO, and now I'm interviewing the president. They are producing a lot of new jobs and new things in in uh, the United States. So, Fry Battery has their uh, batteries are renewable or recyclable. So if you have big batteries and they're not recyclable, it's not really eco-friendly, is it? So as the Tom Jensen, who I interviewed, he says, we are delighted from the with the news that we have received from the EU's Innovation Fund to support Friars Giga Arctic project. This grant is a recognition that batteries represent the key catalyst to the energy transition, supporting regional energy security through faster deployment of renewable energy. Moreover, the significant financial commitment provides timely support to development of the Giga Arctic. It was uh, been under development since June of 2020, and it is going to be 100% powered by 100% hydroelectricity. This, to me, is a phenomenal project. And when you sit back and take a look, recyclable batteries... They've got new technology coming around in the battery storage. They are really looking at renewables in the hydro. I'm all in with Fry Battery. So well done. So let's roll around to Saudi Arabia. And as Saudi Arabia is doing just like Texas was doing, you're, we're talking about the best of breeds here. Saudi Arabia is dominating the market for new gas-fired power plants in the Middle East with Mitsubishi Power providing the kingdom with advanced technology. Pretty cool. So when you sit back and take a look, let's see here. It is. I can tell you we have orders globally that are moving to move gas to hydrogen, but in the Middle East, it is an advantage. Although the number of new power plants is smaller, they are larger in capacity. So you sit back and take a look again. You take a look at Texas. They are adding in natural gas. They're adding in wind. They're adding in solar. They're adding in storage. So I'm all in about how to do it, but you got to watch the cost per kilowatt hour. Texas is not as cheap as some other areas. But we're going to keep an eye on this Fry battery to see if the hydro or the the uh, Arctic project delivers a low cost uh, energy to the end users. So Saudi Arabia, the world's largest oil exporter, is investing in building a low carbon hydrogen and ammonia industry. Again, you're seeing what's the best of both breeds, of all breeds, and that is Texas, Saudi Arabia, Friar out of Norway, 
trying to really set you up and say, hey, we got to look at all of the above. Now, let's take a look at IMF, hence allowing countries to use Chinese yuan for debt repayment. This story has a lot of things going on in a undercurrent with BRICS. When you take a look at BRICS, BRICS is uh, gaining huge traction because of the weaponization of the U.S. dollar in sanctions. So when you take a look at sanctions uh, imposed by the Biden administration on just about everything that they possibly can, it is moving people away from the petrodollar. So when you move away from the petrodollar and it's even moving away from the U.S. dollar for just even transactions, uh, Africa is really looking to move away at a faster rate. So this one really coincides when you have the international monetary funds looking at getting repayment. That means that they're also taking a look at BRICS and saying, hey, wait a minute, this new BRICS is going to be on a gold-backed currency, and China has been buying more gold than the rest of the world combined. So um, as we've stated in the past, uh, the Argentine authorities continue to remain current on their financial obligations to the IMF, said uh, Ms. Kozak. She says that uh, Argentina had paid off part of its debts, 1.1 billion of the 2.7 with the IMF in Chinese currency. This is huge. How did they get that Chinese currency? Ah, therein lies a whole nother discussion on global financing. This is coming around and even some of these other articles. Take a look at that. That's on the energynewsbeat.com. Developing nations needs 1.7 trillion clean energy investment. Where are they going to get those investments? Well, the bricks and roads uh, really is from China. And they're also coming along in this article, and it says 4 trillion annual investment gap for global goals. That means there is 4 trillion uh, that is needed in renewable energy investments in order to hit that. The report also finds that energy companies along the top 100 multinationals are divesting fossil fuel assets at the rate of about 15 billion per year. I believe that we are at the 2.7 trillion dollars that we need to invest in oil and gas just to meet the normal decline curves. I have to check that number, but if you take a look at that, Saudi Arabia Texas, all the smart nations are investing in both. If you invest in both, you're going to be able to protect because the IEA and uh, Saudi Arabia, OPEC have all said that we are going to have demand solid for several years. So when you take a look at several years of demand in oil and gas, you're going to see a real pattern between all of this. I'm going to have to see if I can't figure out how to get our art department to work out a flow chart of how all of this energy is interrelated now. It's kind of fun, but you got to look at about 16 different articles. Then you have to be able to chase the dotted lines around. In fact, I think I want to get a a poster like you see in those um, movies where they have all the strings going around and they're trying to track down an entire process or murder. I don't want to say that we're doing a murder, but it's always in a murder movie. Seems that way. 
Let's roll over to the Philippines. This article is also in related to the bricks and road in China, reaching out and saying that Philippines have got a little bit of a mixed reaction to China's 14 billion for clean energy. In January, uh, nine Chinese companies committed to invest nearly 14 billion in renewable energy development in the Philippines, um, mainly in solar and offshore wind, but also hydro. Love hydro, geothermal, and biomass. Notable was state-owned China Nuclear Power Group. What did we just talk about? All of the above, nuclear, hydro. I do like it from that aspect. But what a financial point does China is going to have a stranglehold on energy? So China's having a stranglehold on energy. They've got a stranglehold coming around the corner on uh, currency. They're going to be loaning money. The IMF is loaning the energy. International Monetary Fund is loaning money to a more expensive solution when they're not looking at natural gas renewable combined. So you're seeing a pattern of trying to enslave what was the uh, working for the company man back when the coal man uh, in the coal mining days. It's almost the same kind of thing. So you're going to be beholden to them for your energy. So with that, I'd like to say thank you for everybody. Uh, Hold tight for this week. It's going to be a crazy week. We're hearing some developments coming around in the uh, oil and gas. Here's a concern that I have, and that is now um, Iran possibly has within two days of having uh, enough uh, material to develop a nuclear weapon. The geopolitical is just a little bit scary out there, guys. So buckle up, get that desk, pretend to have a uh, nuclear drill like I had to when I was a kid. Hey, till then, we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Have a great day. 